violence. Only violence that, if, if it comes our way, will be because government is wanting their building back. Because government is wanting their building back? One more time. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Ah, yes, you found us. It is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Oregon Central Coast, 106.7 FM KSO in Cottage Grove, Oregon, 93 FM WLRI in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui, and coast-to-coast and around the globe on kpfk.org, on the Stitcher app, the TuneIn app, on iTunes, the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, RadioOrNot.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, and Radio Sputnik, five days a week. Of course, the broadcast is usually hosted by Brad Friedman of bradblog.com. But today, once more with feeling, you've got me, Nicole Sandler of RadioOrNot.com. But never fear, Brad and Desi return tomorrow. Wow, what a way to start the year. Of course, all eyes are on Oregon as a handful of armed militiamen and ranchers and, you know, run-of-the-mill gun-toting crazies are occupying a federal facility near Burns, Oregon. Uh, Ostensibly, it's all part of a protest on behalf of two local ranchers who are headed to jail. Now, if you're thinking that this sounds a lot like the Clive and Bundy deal, you're not too far off. In fact, here's his son, Ammon Bundy, one of the leaders of this standoff, uh, speaking on the Today Show. Only violence that, if, if it comes our way, will be because government is wanting their building back. And okay, I'm going to stop it right there. He said the only violence that will happen if it comes our way, it'll be because the government wants its building back. Um, <laughs> point proven? I mean, really? Need one say more? But there is more. Yeah, I don't need to play any more of him. Here, though, actually is a, um, a an NBC News report on the standoff. From the remote and frozen Oregon wilderness, a call to arms. And this will be gonna become a, a base place for uh, patriots from all over the country to come and to be housed here and live here. And we're planning on staying here for several years. The group of armed protesters taking over the Maller National Wildlife Refuge, led by Ammon Bundy, son of Cliven Bundy, the Nevada rancher known for his 2014 standoff with federal authorities over grazing rights. Today, Ammon's brother Ryan gave us a tour. We're here only to promote the Constitution, uh, the supreme law of the land, and to help the people reestablish their rights. This latest standoff started after weeks of tension and a peaceful protest on Saturday. Dozens rallying in support of Dwight and Steve Hammond, two Oregon ranchers facing jail time for lighting fires on federal land. I'm going to jail for five years for 127. I seems like a bit of an overkill. The Hammonds already served time before a judge ruled it wasn't enough. 
they wanted to stand up for their rights, we would be right there by their side. The Hammond's attorney says they will report to federal prison on Monday and that the Bundys don't speak for them. But that hasn't stopped the standoff. One member posting a goodbye video to his family. I am 100% willing to lay my life down. The sheriff has warned people to stay away from the refuge, but so far officials, including the FBI, have kept a low profile. They're going to have to make some decision at some point that, you, you know, they can't let people just come in there at <laughs> will. Meanwhile, the group has given itself a new name. They now want to be known as Citizens for Constitutional Freedom. I still go back to that Ammon Bundy um, uh, statement. This one? Only violence that, if, if it comes our way, will be because government is wanting their building back. Government is wanting their building back. He already admitted it. It's the government's building. They have taken it over. They're breaking the law. Can I just say, if these protesters, you can't see me doing the air quotes, these protesters were black or Muslim, they'd be dead by now. Stay tuned. Meanwhile, a cloud of toxic methane gas is hanging over the L.A. suburb of Porter Ranch. And the media has been silent on this deadly story. Today on the broadcast, we'll get to the bottom of it with Tim O'Connor of the Environmental Defense Fund. But first, we are coming up on the sixth anniversary of the Supreme Court's democracy-killing Citizens United decision. That's happening on the 21st of this month. After a quick break, I'll return with David Cobb, National Outreach Director of Move to Amend, about their efforts to do what the name implies— amend the Constitution with their We the People Amendment. Now, it's two short paragraphs, and it reads thusly. Section 1. Artificial entities such as corporations do not have constitutional rights. Here's uh, the text. The rights protected by the Constitution of the United States are the rights of natural persons only. Artificial entities established by the laws of any state, the United States, or any foreign state shall have no rights under this Constitution and are subject to regulation by the people through federal, state, or local laws. The privileges of artificial entities shall be determined by the people through federal, state, or local law and shall not be construed to be inherent or inalienable. Love it! Section 2. Money is not free speech. Federal, state, and local government shall regulate, limit, or prohibit contributions and expenditures, including a candidate's own contributions and expenditures, to ensure that all citizens, regardless of their economic status, have access to the political process, and that no person gains, as a result of their money, substantially more access or ability to influence in any way the election of any candidate for public office or any ballot measure. Federal, state, and local government shall require that any permissible contributions and expenditures be publicly disclosed. The judiciary shall not construe the spending of money to influence elections to be speech under the First Amendment. That's it. So, we'll take a quick break and come back on the other side with David Cobb of Move to Amend next. I'm Nicole Sandler, your trusty guest host today on the broadcast. We'll be right back. 
Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free broadcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us out today. Well, it is that. It's a brand new day. That's a brand new year. But, you know, the more things change, the more they often stay the same. Welcome back to the broadcast. Uh, you still got me, Nicole Sandler, in for Brad and Desi, but they will be back tomorrow. So we've got that to look forward to. Something else happening this week, well, for me anyway, because I'm in Florida, is that David Cobb is coming back to our state. He does this at least once a year, has for the last five or six years. Uh, it's a barnstorming tour of the state in which he goes from city to city and tells people about the need for a constitutional amendment to overturn Citizens United. For those who don't know about Move to Amend, I thought we'd start off by talking about, you know, what happened. Uh, It was January 21st, 2010. I'll never forget that day because that was not only the day that the Supreme Court handed down this horrific ruling on Move to uh, Citizens United, but it was also the day it really was a day democracy died in this country. That was the day the plug was pulled on Air America Radio, too. So as I was waiting for the decision to come down from the Supreme Court, that happened. And then I get a call telling me Air America was off the air. And so that was the night I moved my show online. Boy, talk about a, 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 what a, you know, being double slapped on a day. But is that the day Move to Amend sprung into action or you had already started the ball rolling before then? Well, we had prepared, uh, you know, Nicole, I certainly remember the conversation I had with you yeah. very shortly yeah. after that, uh, because you were one of the first journalists to actually cover not just Citizens United as uh, a campaign finance case, which it is, but you delved deeper into the whole notion of corporate constitutional rights. Yeah. Uh, and I really remember that conversation very well. To set the context, As a lawyer and a social change agent, I had been following the Citizens United case in the lower courts. And, of course, I knew and many people knew that the Roberts Court was going to issue a very bad opinion. Uh, The the Roberts Court has been the most corporatist, most activist uh, court in in modern history, maybe in the last hundred years. So uh, in the fall of 2009, we were preparing uh, for whatever came down the pike. So we had been preparing uh, for months, Mm. but it is true that on the date of the decision, January uh, 21st, 2010, we formally launched Move to Men. Nicole, we were 12 people in a living room. Now, 12 people who had worked for decades on issues of campaign finance and corporate power, to be sure, we weren't just 12 yahoos, right? We were 12 people who had uh, history, literally decades of work on this issue, but we knew 
that when something bad happens, when something really uh, transformational happens, it provides an opportunity to frame a response. And instead of it merely being a response about, oh, no, money and elections, which is horrible, right. we wanted to go deeper and inspire people to a deeper movement. So we were 12 people in a living room in 2010. Wow. Nicole, today we are 400,000 people and growing every day. That's pretty amazing. That that really is amazing. It, I know, and you have not let up. MoveToAmend.org is the website, and you can get all the information there. And in fact... Um, you know, the mission of Move to Amend is to get, well, what you tell us. What, the, the, well, you know, yeah, absolutely, Nicole, because, you know, we consider ourselves serious, nonviolent revolutionaries mm-hmm. because we know that corporations and the billionaire class are not just exercising power today. They're literally ruling us. We don't live in a democracy. We live in an oligarchy where the rich and powerful literally control every aspect of our lives. You mentioned Air America Radio. Let's just be very clear. Air America uh, Radio ended because of the threat that it existed, that it posed to corporate media. Because what you know, what I know, and I suspect your listeners know, is that um, the, there are six major media corporations that basically control yep. over 80% of the content that's produced in this country. And not just news, but entertainment, art, culture, etc. Literally corporatized, right? So we know that corporations have taken over the media. We know that corporations have taken over our health care system. It's the reason we don't have single payer in this country, the only industrialized country on planet Earth that does not offer single-payer health care as a fundamental human right. I could go on and on about how corporations have taken over our energy production, our transportation sector. Literally, our entire society is being controlled by this billionaire class through the use of corporations. So what do we ordinary people do about it? At Move to Mend, we have an intentional, deliberate campaign that will culminate in a constitutional amendment to abolish in its entirety the illegitimate court-created idea that corporations are persons with constitutional rights and abolish the equally odious, also court-created idea that money is speech. You see, Nicole, these two doctrines are not just individual court decisions. They're not just individual law. They're entire legal doctrines that have stolen our sacred right to self-government in the United States of America. And we have a plan in the next 10 years to win a constitutional amendment to abolish these doctrines. Now, David Cobb is with us, again, national spokesman for Move to Amend, who is headed back down here to Florida. You always tend to do these Florida barnstorming events. It seems in January. Might it have something to do with the weather? (laughs) Well, you know, Nicole, you're a a smart investigative reporter and journalist, and you're absolutely right. right. One of the... One of the, uh, the privileges of being able to control my own schedule is that I, I tend to go to uh, Florida in January every <laughs> right. year. Well, that makes sense. Hopefully, uh, we, we're actually having a cold spell. It rained last night, and today it's like low 60s. It's cold. Just, just be prepared. <laughs> anyway. Well, listen, I want your listeners to know, if you go to the website, movetoamend.org, mm-hmm. you can find out where we're going to be. But I'm flying into Miami and then literally going up the Atlantic coast all the way to Jacksonville, yeah. across the Tallahassee, Pensacola, 
back down the Gulf side, uh, Tampa, uh, uh, Saint Coral, Pete, Sarasota, uh, in other words, right. literally the entire state. I'm, circ- I, I'm I'm sort of doing a big, huge swath across the state. Two right. whole weeks, a different event every night. So it starts Thursday night here in Broward County. I think you're going to be in Davie. Um, and, but yeah, I was planning on coming Thursday night, but now Obama's doing this gun town hall meeting. So either we come Thursday and DVR that, but then also Saturday you'll be in Delray beach, which is not too far from me either. So if I don't make the Thursday night, uh, maybe we'll make the Saturday or Sunday afternoon, uh, in Delray beach. Then you head up to Jacksonville, then Milton, Summerfield, St. Pete, Tampa, Sarasota. So you are doing sort of a U. Um, uh, and so uh, now I I was mentioning to David, my new husband, we got married on New Year's Eve, by the way. Oh, congratulations. That's wonderful news. Yeah. So I was mentioning to David what, you know, what a great speaker you are. And that the first time I saw you speak, you know, you, you just won me over because you know your stuff and you've done this so many times that this is what you do. This is like retail politics. This is what the best politicians should be doing. Well, there's no doubt about it. Listen, Nicole, the thing is, I believe in the principle of Mm self-government deeply. I believe in the promise of the United States of America as a democratic republic where we the people govern ourselves and where our individual constitutional rights are not subject to the political process. And that's what's so important about Move to Men. We are the only group that's calling for a constitutional amendment to abolish this idea that corporations have constitutional rights. Because what we see is if corporations can claim constitutional rights, it means that they can overturn any democratically enacted law that attempts to control corporate conduct. For example, environmental protection laws, worker safety laws, public health laws, as well as campaign finance laws can be overturned because a constitutional right is sacred. Nicole, a constitutional right is one that is inviolate. In other words, the local, state, or even federal government should not be able to pass any law that infringes upon your rights to to speak, to assemble, to worship or not worship as you choose. And that is true of you and me and every single one of your listeners. We at Move to Med are committed to the concept of individual constitutional rights being protected. And that's why it's so perverse if these corporations, which are just business entities. And to be clear, we support commerce. We support business. We believe that corporations should exist, but they do not, should not have constitutional rights because it allows them then uh, to overturn laws. It is illegitimate exercise of the political process when the court created this idea. You know, on the website, David Cobbett, move to amend.org, if you go to the menu uh, right along the top and it says amendment, and you can click on the We the People Amendment. Now, there are a few other amendments out there. I mentioned Bernie Sanders. The one time I was in the Senate gallery was the day he was um, introducing his amendment, um, which was also then introduced in the House by my current congressman, Ted Deutsch. So I've got, you know, there's like a connection here. But the We the People Amendment, the amendment that, um, uh, move to amend has written is even more simple and straightforward than that one. As well, I said, there are a few so. different. I, I, I want to say uh, the the Sanders Deutsch amendment is very good mm-hmm. as a campaign finance amendment. Okay, what do I mean by that? I mean that the Sanders Deutsch amendment says very clearly that the expenditure of money uh, can be regulated in elections. That's basically the the doctrine. Well, we agree with that. The move to amend uh, language includes that provision, 
But we also add a provision that says explicitly and clearly uh, that artificial entities like corporations or unions or nonprofits do not have constitutional rights. So we take the Sanders-Deutsch amendment and go even further, because let's be clear, Nicole, that the that it's not just that money have become uh, money is speech. It's right. not just that elections are auctions now, which is true and abhorrent and must be addressed. But if we even if we pass the Sanders-Deutsch amendment, we would still have corporations controlling us. Wow. And our position yeah. is this: if we are going to amend the United States Constitution, let's actually be for what we're for. Let's actually solve the problem. Right. So here's my question then uh, regarding the We the People Amendment. You have on the page, and it's really short. It's like two paragraphs. I'll read it in a moment. But you have um, a a place where you can click to send a message to your senators and one where you can click to send a message to your congressperson urging them to co-sponsor the We the People Amendment. Has it been actually introduced in Congress and by whom? Oh, my gosh. The answer is yes. And i got to tell you, Nicole, we thought that we, because it's such a big lift, we thought that we would be multiple years into the process before we were able to actually get it introduced. We have been introduced now. The principal sponsor is Representative Rick Nolan out of Duluth, Minnesota. Now, he's a very interesting uh, sponsor because he is a... uh, uh, a returning congressperson, he came in during the era of the so-called Watergate baby oh uh, freshman class, uh-huh. uh, but and then served for several years, then went back to Duluth uh, uh, as a business person. He came back because he felt called back uh, because things had gotten so bad. So he has a unique perspective to say, I thought things were bad uh, in the 70s, for, but now corporations have literally run roughshod. So he's got a very interesting perspective. Rick Nolan is a champion. But catch this, Nicole. We now have 14 co-sponsors nice. of the We the People Amendment. And a Republican has joined us in North Carolina. So what we're seeing is that, that uh, our, our grassroots organizing actually bearing fruit. And I want to be clear, we didn't start... Uh, lobbying Congress, because we know that you have to build a grassroots movement before you can really exercise power. One of the things that I think that uh, progressives uh, have failed to do successfully is actually do the on-the-ground organizing, you called it retail politics, yeah, right. associated with building power. And we we, we see that, uh, that that has happened. See, move to men didn't just go from 12 people to 400,000 individuals. We've also helped... 16 states passed resolutions of support of men. We've also helped 600 communities pass resolutions of support, that is, city council members or county board of supervisors voting to support it. But here's the other thing we've done, Nicole. We've done the work of putting it on the ballot in over 300 local communities where actual ordinary people get to vote on whether they support a constitutional amendment to abolish corporate constitutional rights and money of speech. Nicole, we've been on the ballot 300 times. Guess how many times we've won? 300. Every single one of them. You (laughs) know the answer. We haven't lost yet. And it certainly does include San Francisco and Boston and Madison, Wisconsin. You know, the 
the very liberal places. Sure. But you know where else moved tremendous one? We've won in Salt Lake City, Utah. Wow. We've won in Devlin, Wisconsin. I love this one because Devlin, Wisconsin is the hometown of Republican Tea Party Governor Scott Walker. They haven't voted for a Democrat for president or Congress in over 40 years in wow. Devlin, Wisconsin. Moved to men was on the ballot there, and we won. Wow. Nicole, we won a statewide initiative in the state of Montana, the entire state of Montana. And it just shows that Move to Men's framing, organizing, messaging is cutting across political affiliation, across perceived ideology, across the conservative, liberal, moderate, and says, we don't believe that corporate constitutional rights is actually an issue. It's a principle of self-government. And because this principle is one that actually is stealing our sacred right to govern ourselves, we're able to build relationships and genuine coalitions with Democrats, Republicans, Greens, Libertarians, and Independents, conservatives, moderates, radicals, liberals, you name it. People are coming together that say, we may disagree on issues, <clears throat> but we believe that we, the people, are supposed to govern ourselves. We believe this court has illegitimately stolen that right, and we're going to build a movement to exercise our right to self-government. Cool. No, you know, David Cobb, I'm, I'm glad to hear that one Republican has officially signed on. I'm wondering what kind of support you're seeing from, like, the libertarian-leaning Republicans, because I would think they're natural allies here. They are indeed. In fact, the reality is that uh, the Republican in North Carolina is a very principled libertarian-leaning mm -hmm. Republican. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the reality is this. At the leadership level, uh, at the, the Republican National Committee, uh, we know that the rich and powerful basically control the Republican National Committee. We know that they are taking their money and their marching orders from corporations and yep. Wall Street. Uh, and the big banks. But you know, Nicole, it doesn't give me any pleasure to say this, but we also know that at the leadership level, the Democratic National Committee is Horrible. taking their money and marching orders from the same corporations, yep. the same banks. Yep. That's the reason that this movement is actually so exciting to me is because it says, look, you know, we know from past history that significant social change only happens when you create independent political motion. Now, I want to be clear. I don't care whether you're a member of the Democratic, Republican, Libertarian, or Green Party. If you want to work with us, we want to work with you, because that's what independent political expression does. It says we are independent from the boss. We are independent uh, from the head honchos. And I don't mind telling you the Bernie Sanders campaign is part of the reason that I'm so excited going into 2016, because he is galvanizing ordinary people to get involved in electoral politics in a way I haven't seen since Jesse Jackson did yeah. it in the 1980s. Right. And, and in fact, you know, I was going to say this, the and the media is not reporting, there's a media blackout on Bernie Sanders and his campaign. But he is um, uh, light years ahead of where Barack Obama was at this point in the 2008 oh election yeah. cycle. He's raised more money. Uh, he's in, he's inspired more people, more young people. He literally is recreating the Jesse Jackson Rainbow Coalition. I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm watching it happen in a way that is nothing short of stunning to me. So, and you're right, the media blackout around Bernie Sanders 
is really, I mean, it's obscene when you consider that Bernie is drawing bigger crowds more consistently than Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And yet Donald Trump, we are on a full spectrum blast where Donald Trump is on every television, radio, and media spot that you can imagine. And yet Bernie Sanders outdraws Donald Trump everywhere he goes. It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, again, and, and you know why? Because the six major corporations that control news in this country actually find Donald Trump to be a joke, but they're scared of Bernie. I, I believe they are scared of Bernie. And they also see, look, it's the dumbing down of America where, oh, my God, Donald Trump is a reality TV show, star and he draws ratings. So I guess we need to feed the monster and keep this vicious cycle going. We put him on TV, we get ratings, put him on TV, get ratings. The thing is, though, you know, Iowa is going to happen and Donald Trump is not going to win and Bernie Sanders could. And I think the country wakes up. But, but to get back to move to amend David Cobb, Bernie Sanders, as I mentioned earlier, introduced his own constitutional amendment to undo Citizens United. It's a campaign finance reform amendment. Um, He has been talking about this. And in fact, the week Air America went off, the week, uh, you know, Citizens United was uh, decided by the Supreme Court the way it was. Um, I probably I think I interviewed Bernie Sanders back then. He was concerned about it then. I'm wondering um, I don't know as if he's endorsed move to amend specifically. Um, I'm sure he applauds the work you guys are doing. That was a question from the chat room. Is he uh, has he endorsed you guys? Yeah, we do not have Bernie Sanders has not co-sponsored uh, okay. move to amend yet. Okay, we are quite confident that he will. Uh, the reality is that uh, you know I have not been able to meet with him because he's once we were really lobbying in <laughs> yeah. Congress on a consistent basis. He had launched his presidential campaign. And so, you know, you have to separate those two things yeah. under law. So yep. his campaign is and, – and, of course, he's so incredibly busy. So here's what I say. This movement is getting larger, stronger, and better organized every day. Uh, there is no doubt that we are going to actually amend the Constitution. It is going to abolish corporate constitutional rights. Good. Uh, and we do believe that Bernie will join us. He hasn't yet. Have any of the other presidential candidates weighed in? I mean, let's talk about Hillary Clinton, who is, you know, uh, being touted by the media as the presumptive nominee. I believe in the primary process, so I'm not willing to go there. She is, though, the Democratic front runner. What, if anything, has, has Hillary Clinton said about uh, corporate constitutional rights? And She has uh, said nothing. nothing. She has said, Hillary Clinton has said nothing about corporate constitutional rights. And to be very candid, I don't expect her to, because we know that she is literally funded uh, by uh, Wall Street, by the financial institutions, by the big banks, and by corporations. And it doesn't give me any satisfaction to tell you that, but all you have to do is look at the Federal Election Commission uh, filings and you see uh, where uh, Hillary Clinton, the bulk of her money is coming from, as opposed to the small... $50 50 to $100 donations of Bernie Sanders. So the reality is that Hillary Clinton has not taken a position against corporate constitutional rights. She has said some good words around campaign finance, but I find it ironic that she says these good words but don't, does not actually follow it up with deeds. And we see the, the exact opposite with Bernie Sanders. We, what we see with Bernie is that he has good rhetoric and his campaign policy proposals and his own conduct uh, 
reflects a commitment to those principles, not just words. And how about on the Republican side? Has anybody um, uh, even said anything approaching? You know, uh, the the closest we got was actually uh, some very strong language uh, from Lindsey Graham, Mm. the uh, senator from uh, South Carolina, who was talking about the corrupting and corrosive influence of money in elections and corporate power. And, of course, he never... Uh, was taken seriously by the Republican National Committee. Yeah, no, that's sad. So David Cobb, again, here we go. It's 2016. It's You started up, moved to amend, as we mentioned earlier, in September of 2009. So we're coming into, you know, almost seven years now. Um, and you're still going around explaining to people what happened, how corporations became <coughs> people, not really, um, and what we need to do <laughs> to turn it around. So what what do you, what what should people do? Obviously, you're in there in Florida. Florida, come to an event. Your listeners, the first thing I want your listeners to do, whether they're uh, on your independent radio station or or, or I know you guest host with uh, our good friend Brad Friedman. Yep, we'll be on the broadcast today. Listeners to this program should go to the website www.movetoamend.org and sign the petition. Want to be clear, Nicole, this is not a petition that we're going to just merely submit to elected officials. This is an organizing petition. We're going to get in touch with you. We're going to get you in touch with people in your local community who are doing this work. We will help you to pass resolutions of support. We will help give you the tools and train you in the use of tools in retail politics. Because what we know is this, we need every candidate for office, whether it's president, Congress, uh, state legislature, dog catcher, If you are running for office, we need you to take a position and we will force you to take a position on corporate constitutional rights. And then we will let our 400,000, soon to be half a million, soon to be a million, Mm -hmm. supporters know candidates' position on this issue. We are serious. We are building a mass movement. And the only thing that we need, Nicole, is more people. We're growing every day. We're not there yet, but we are on the way. So movetoamend.org, and this is what's happening in the first part of 2016. Again, getting people to sign the petition. If you haven't done so yet, go to movetoamend.org and do it. Uh, Again, if you're in Florida, attend one of uh, David's uh, Florida barnstorming events coming up over the next two weeks. I will post all the dates on the blog at radioornot.com. They're also at movetoamend.org, just um, you know, look under events, and and then share the knowledge. I mean, this is uh, please. Oh, thank you for that part, Nicole. Because you know, one thing that we do know, you know, at Radio or Not, you know that you literally had to create your own niche to be able to <laughs> to actually speak the truth. Yep. Uh, outside of the elements of the corporate filter, right? The other way we can do this is for people to post on their Facebook accounts, use their own email accounts, use their Instagram or Snapchat. The point is we need to use the Internet while it is still free and available to us to communicate to one another without the corporate filter. That's very exciting to me that you have your own Internet radio station so that you're literally able to speak as long as you need to, That's it. as 
truthfully as you need to, and you don't have the producers or the corporate <laughs> advertisers down your neck. Nobody. In fact, you know, it, it's the it's the beauty of it. It's also the hard part of it because, as you know, I am listener funded, so uh, my pay is determined by how many people can or decide to reach in their pocketbook and make a, a contribution. Uh, it is it is true public radio the way it used to be. By the same token, move to amend. Your how do you, how do you guys survive? How are you funded? <laughs> the same way you do. Mm-hmm. You know, Nicole, we don't get foundation money. We certainly don't get government or corporate uh, money. Literally, a hundred percent of our donations are coming uh, from individuals and. Most of our donations, like you, like Bernie Sanders, are at the small donor level, right? I'm talking about 50 to $100 a piece. And yet we are raising this year, uh, last year, it just closed out. I'm proud to tell you at a very grassroots level, we raised $400,000. Wow. Uh, and, and, and again, that, and what do we do? Well, we pour immediately into organizers, into tools, into resources. You know, we don't have a bloated uh, board of directors that, that are getting paid. All of our board of directors are unpaid volunteers. Um, but, but we do pay for organizers. And, you know, we pay a living wage, but not an exorbitant mm-hmm. wage. In other words, the people who are doing this work are doing it because, like you, like your listeners, they're true believers. They have dedicated themselves to this prospect. So absolutely, please go to the website, www.movetoamend.org. And if you're so excited that you just can't wait uh, for an email response, you can pick up the telephone and call us at 707 707- Two six nine zero nine eight four, and we'll get in touch. We'll get right back with you. David Cobb, again, national spokesman for Move to Amend, movetoamend.org, on Twitter, at Move to Amend. They're easy to find. Um, and, uh, and, you know, a more important cause you won't find. I got to, real quickly, at the top of the page, you know, you've got the, the you know, the splash screen where with different things. So you've teamed up with Ben and Jerry on their uh, stamp stampede? <laughs> we have, yes. <laughs> awesome. Yes, Ben and Jerry have been big supporters of ours. And awesome. so we are running the stampede. It's called the Stamp Stampede, yep. or we call it the uh, Stamp to Amend. Yes. So you can awesome. buy stamps to stamp your money with political uh, Yeah, slogans. not not to be used to buy politicians. We, yeah, we have that I, one. We one. have that one. So, yeah. <laughs> David Cobb, I'm so well, happy. Well, thank you so much oh. for the opportunity, and I want to close out by just congratulating you on a personal level on your marriage, and I hope to meet you and reconnect with you, but also to meet your husband sometime while I'm in Florida. Oh, without a doubt. And he will come with me. Either we'll be there on Thursday or in, in Davie, Florida, or we'll be there on Sunday in Delray Beach. One way or another, we'll come out. I, want, I, w- I would love for you guys to meet. And I want him to hear you speak because I've been raving about ever since I saw the email that you're coming back to Florida. I'm like, you got to hear David Cobb. He's awesome. Oh, well, so, you're so kind. Listen, thanks so again. And folks, remember that Radio Not is brought to you because people like you uh, pitch in uh, a few dollars and that's the reason that you have this valuable tool to be able to use by the public for the public. So thanks again, Nicole, and we'll see you soon. David Cobb of Move to Amend. Find them at movetoamend.org and on Twitter at Move to Amend. So uh, again, we were talking about his visit to Florida because obviously he's coming to Florida this week. But Move to Amend is in every state. There are chapters in most cities. So get involved. This is not going to happen without all of us getting involved. Go to move to amend.org. 
find the local chapter near you and get to work. All right, we'll take a break. And when we come back, as promised, what is that toxic cloud hanging above Porter Ranch, just north of Los Angeles? And should you flee? The quick answer is yes, but stay tuned for the details. I'm Nicole Sandler, one last time, in for Brad and Desi on the Bradcast. One more Nicole? She's on live Monday through Friday from 10 to noon Eastern Time and repeating all day at RadioOrNot.com. Listen anytime. You're feeling good. It's a new year. This is the first edition of the Bradcast for 2016. Brad and Desi will be back to christen the program for the new year, I guess, if you do such things, uh, tomorrow. And I'm sure they'll have a lot to say, especially about this next story. Uh, But first, a, a quick postscript to our conversation with David Cobb. Breaking news, just as um, I was putting this program to bed, as it were. The California Supreme Court cleared the way earlier today for the legislature to place an advisory measure on the November ballot asking voters their views on campaign spending. The court had previously blocked the measure after a conservative group challenged it, arguing lawmakers were not legally entitled to put advisory propositions before voters. The proposition, though, asks voters whether there should be a federal constitutional amendment to overturn the Supreme Court's ruling in Citizens United case, which permitted unlimited corporate and union spending for federal elections. The Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association had argued that the advisory measures would clutter the ballot and could be used to shape voter turnout. But the court, in a 6-1 to ruling, said the state legislature has the right to consult voters about possible federal constitutional amendments. Um, so there you go. At least uh, as goes California, they say, so goes the rest of the country. Uh, We can only hope in that respect. In this respect, eh, not so much. Check this out. On October 23rd, we're looking at almost three months ago now. On October 23rd, a massive natural gas leak erupted at a storage well operated by SoCal Gas in Aliso Canyon, just outside of Los Angeles. The leak has caused serious health impacts for nearby residents of the Porter Ranch neighborhood, and it opened eyes across the state and the country to the problem of oil and gas methane pollution. Now, weeks later, uh, months later, the leak is ongoing, and the gas company estimates it will be spring, spring, before it can be stopped. So... On the line with me is Timothy J. O'Connor. He's senior attorney and director of the California Climate Initiative of the Environmental Defense Fund. Am I am I uh, identifying you correctly? Yes, thank you so much for having me on. Oh well, it's my pleasure. Although I wish uh, we were talking about uh, uh, something different <laughs> than this, but uh, the reason I asked you if you could join us today was. Um, I was over at the website uh, for the Environmental Defense Fund, which is edf.org, and um, saw your coverage of what is going on now in, um, I guess it's Aliso Canyon 
in just north of Los Angeles. It's outside the uh, community known as Porter Ranch, where, where people are being poisoned by methane escaping from a leak in the ground. I mean, am I oversimplifying what's going on there? Well, there's a vast there's a vast quantity of methane coming out of this Elisa Canyon facility. In addition to methane, there's other compounds uh, like benzene and toluene that are known carcinogens that are being detected in the air. And so you, you mix the climate impact of the methane plus the public health impact from people being exposed to really significant odors and these the sort of the not knowing of what else is in the air. And it's really a public health and environmental catastrophe. Now, uh, Timothy O'Connor, this um, this uh, this facility in Aliso Canyon outside of L.A. is a so-called natural gas facility. This is where, now, is there a well there? Are they drilling or are they fracking for so-called natural gas there? What is this facility where the leak is? Well, across the United States, we have about 400 different facilities that store natural gas. And that gas is pumped underground uh, where it's then kept until it's needed, like during the winter months right now where we where it gets cold and people use a lot of natural gas, the gas utilities need to be able to provide it quickly. And so this is one of those facilities, although this is the fifth largest facility in the United States and supplies natural gas across Southern California. And at this site, which holds about 80 billion standard cubic feet, which is just a, a vast quantity, it's like an unfathomable amount of natural gas, um, there are about 115 different wells. And one of those 115 broke uh, below the surface at about 500 feet below the surface. And when it broke, the gas that's stored in this facility about 8,000 feet down, which is where they keep all the gas, they pump it down there and it actually gets liquid because it's under such intense pressure. that The gas is allowed to escape up and out this well and, and into the atmosphere. And because it's under such intense pressure, it's escaping up out of this well, you know, with tremendous force and velocity and volume. And that's why it's such a massive quantity of gas that's escaping. Wow. Okay. Now, there, you said so much there that we need to unpack. So bear with me because, you know, I'm just a layman, a woman who likes to be able to breathe clean air and hopes that uh, her 16-year-old daughter will have a planet that's inhabitable when, you know, when she's my age. So um, let's first talk about um, natural gas. And I hate the, the moniker that it's been given, obviously. I'm sure that was focused tested um, because it's, hey, natural, it sounds good. but the and, and I guess in a sense it is in that it it forms naturally in the um, in the shale, right in the in the earth's core. but the process by which we get it out of the earth, out of the the shale is anything but natural. That's the process known as fracking, right? Well, uh, fracking or hydraulic fracturing is, is one of the many methods that people mm. have developed over time to get natural gas out. It's actually natural gas, you know, traditionally found where there's oil uh, mm-hmm. because it's the byproduct of, as you were saying, you know, decaying matter from the dinosaurs, really. I mean, it's, it's a fossil fuel just right. like oil, but it's a much lighter version of that. And so um, sometimes, you, you know, it used to be that you could stick a pipe in the ground, uh, deep down in the ground, and you could sort of suck it out much more freely. But now, of course, uh, as we've gotten to the harder and harder to reach source of natural gas, they have invented uh, fracking, and that has enabled them to get more gas out of the ground. Now, this facility isn't necessarily fracked uh, 
what it is really is an old oil field where they suck the oil out, and then afterwards they pump a bunch of gas in where it's stored. Now, a lot of that gas that California imports does come from areas that have used fracking to get the gas. And so some of this gas is indeed from fracking. But generally, this facility is an old or old oil and gas storage field that has been converted, or excuse me, oil and gas production field that's been con- converted to storage. So they do go through all these, uh, you know, horrible, you know, and, 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 and really, in some cases, deadly procedures to get the stuff out of the ground. And then I, I just learned from you, they pump it back into the ground to store it, which makes no sense. But the other part that I think most people don't realize, because, again, it's natural gas, natural means good, doesn't it? Is that natural gas, and I'm reading from an article you published in the blog at, at edf.org um, uh, that natural gas is made mostly of methane. Methane, though, is a poison, isn't it? Well, so methane is a, a very potent greenhouse gas, about 84 times more potent than carbon dioxide that, that contributed to climate change. So when methane goes into the air, it it acts very quickly at contributing to, to global warming. In fact, 25% of the temperature increases that we're experiencing right now, based on data from the International Panel on Climate Change, is because of methane emission into the atmosphere. And so while methane itself is not a public health uh, poison, you can breathe methane, uh, you know, very high concentrations, and you won't be affected. The other stuff that is emitted alongside the methane, that is very problematic. And the climate punch that it packs is, uh, is really quite dramatic. And so... I mean, it's coming. You know, this week is sort of raising the issue of methane from a number of number of angles, and the climate and public health side really does represent the double whammy of uh, what methane leaks. Um, why they're so problematic? Right now, the other part is natural gas and methane. They're they're colorless, tasteless, odorless. Right now, I know that there's some compound put into natural gas to give it an odor, so people know if there's a leak somewhere. Does this stuff have that in it, or is that put in uh, after this, after it's stored? Yeah, certainly the you know the compound mercaptan, which is uh, what they put in natural gas, so when it leaks, you smell it. Uh, that is injected uh, into the into the gas stream at this facility before it's piped underground. The okay, stuff that's leaking out has has that in it. Okay, at other facilities um, where the say on interstate pipelines, it isn't put in there. And so we think that there have been leaks happening, you know, across the U.S. that people just haven't been able to smell. And so this leak at this facility is really raising an issue about how much do we know about storage fields generally and how much are they regulated for keeping this gas in the ground. We, we know that there have been catastrophes in places like Kansas and Texas and Louisiana where people have lost their lives and there's been a tremendous amount of climate pollution and these facilities fly under the radar until those catastrophes strike. And now we've got one in California, and the response needs to be more than just, well, you know, we'll figure it out at this facility. We really need a wholesale review of natural gas storage, we think, in the United States, and to determine whether the regulations are sufficient to protect the environment and the public from the dangers that they represent. Right. Well, it sounds as if they're not. Again, we're speaking with Timothy O'Connor. He's the director of California Oil and Gas um, at... Um, uh, <laughs> 
sorry, the the Environmental Defense Fund. The website is edf.org. Now, you have a like a live counter going on. And as of this moment, when we're taping this, 77,364.909192 metric tons of methane have uh, are estimated to have escaped from this Aliso Canyon facility since October 23rd, when this leak started. Now, you mentioned that there are a whole lot of these little storage wells or, well, do we know which one the leak is coming from? Yeah, well, we certainly know that this leak is coming from what's known as SS or Standard Cessnon 25. Uh, that is the leak at that is the well at the facility, which is one of you know, over 100. And when you think about one well uh, leaking this much methane, and, and we convert say that amount of methane that's coming out into into other things, and so that's about the same amount of pollution uh, on the climate side as burning 730 million gallons of gasoline. So, you know, you think about your, you know, one individual thing, you're like, oh, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll drive, maybe I'll carpool today. You know, you'll save a gallon of gas. Right. Well, this single, this single week is undermining 730 million of those. Um, and so it is really quite problematic in terms of undermining the state's progress on reducing methane pollution, but it really just goes to show about how potent methane is as a greenhouse gas. We just absolutely cannot let these types of leaks happen. Right, and and people getting sick. I mean, Aliso Canyon, this facility is not far from the community of Porter Ranch. Uh, very right. nice homes there, and people are getting sick. Now, they've a lot of them have had to be evacuated. Uh, uh, look, if I lived there, I'd be long gone, knowing that this stuff is in the air. Um, I'm guessing it's in the water. It's everywhere now. And the estimates are that it'll be spring before this leak can be stopped. So, First, a, a number of questions here. Who's responsible for relocating all the people who have to move? And what happens next? I mean, how do they clean it up? Yeah, well, the Southern California Gas Company is going to bear all or most of this of the costs and wow. the responsibility for relocating people. They've been ordered by the health department and by the state of California to make that happen. Nobody I've talked to that's been relocated has taken the relocation assistance because they were you know, just sick and tired of living at home with their pets and their family and you know, they just really wanted to move into a motel 30 miles away where their kids could go to a strange school. You know, so we've got a lot of people here that are affected, thousands of families that were displaced over New Year's, Thanksgiving, um, Christmas, Hanukkah, like whatever it is. I mean, this is at the worst possible time. And now it's in the middle of winter and in El Nino. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, the impacts to the community here, you really you know, have a hard time adding them up. Um, and the, you know, the, the health problems um, are just beginning. Uh, you know, people, I know for me, my kids, you know, I wouldn't want them uh, going to a school where, uh, you know, over 50 kids a day were going to the nurse with, with bloody noses. And that's why they closed the schools as well. And so we're not going to know the full long-term impact of this until it's all said and done. And even after they, after they stopped the leak, uh, I think we're going to see stuff um, continue to pile up. And that's why there have been at least four class action lawsuits, which have been filed by the facility. So even after they pay for the relocation, uh, they're going to be paying the lawyers for, for a long time. No kidding. Uh, so, Tim, let me ask you this. We, this has not been in the media. It's not been on television. And I surmised on my show this morning, the reason is because, um, you know, you can't get the video of it. There's not, not these beautiful pictures like we had of the Macondo well spewing its gunk into the, you know, the, the Gulf of Mexico for however many d- days it was. Um, but 
on on the website at edf.org, you do have pictures. They're infrared photos, and you can see the clue, the plume of poison sitting over Aliso Canyon. You can you have a lot of pictures there. Is there any way to bombard the media with these? enhanced images taken with the infrared camera to get them to cover this? You know, it's amazing. Once we put out those infrared, uh, the most recent infrared footage where we could see the, the volcano of methane yeah. pollution coming out, uh, we really did start to see more of a national pickup, but we need so much more. The Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal have covered it, and you know, we need folks like the New York Times and others. And you know, I've actually been starting to field calls internationally. A lot of folks from France and Germany and Spain and Mexico that are you know, major oil-producing or, or natural gas-using nations that care about this climate problem and about what's coming out. And, you know, just in the first, you know, week alone, after we put that video out, we've already gotten over a million hits on our wow. YouTube uh, on our YouTube video, which, is, you know, pales in comparison to things like, you know, a Kardashian, Kardashian <laughs> video. But we think it's got a lot more significance than, uh, than what people are uh, giving it. Well, a lot more. And so I'll make sure that uh, my radio or not listeners and listeners of Brad Friedman's broadcast know and we can get the word out as well. Um, uh, thank you for doing this work. It's so important. And, and, you know, our mainstream media is not, you know, they've dropped the ball. So it's up to the rest of us to spread the word. Tim O'Connor, again, the website is edf.org. It's the Environmental Defense Fund. Thank you for the work you're doing and uh, for getting this information out there. Best way to stay informed is by going to edf.org. Yes, thank you so All much right. for having me. I thank really you. And thanks to Timothy O'Connor. Again, edf.org is the website for the Environmental Defense Fund. It's where you can find out not only about California's massive methane leak, but everything else that's uh, going on on our planet. And with that, we are done. Uh, And that's it for me. Well, for this time on the broadcast. Big thanks to Brad and Desi for having me fill in for them. Big thanks to all of you who listened and listened to my show while you were at it over the past week. Don't forget, I'm at RadioOrNot.com. Weekday mornings, 10 to 12 Eastern Live and uh, podcast anytime. Until next time, to quote Brad, good luck, world, and good luck to the rest of us, and Happy New Year. I'm Nicole Sandler. See you over at radio or not.